Today, we are beginning a brand new collection of messages that we're calling Oasis. We want to look at God's ways, God's word, and allow the life of God to be so alive in us that it refreshes any and everybody that we come in contact with, no, no, no matter what's happening in our culture or the climate around us, we want to be an oasis of the power, the presence, and the person of God in our lives. And uh, so that's kind of what we're going to be exploring. And today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Oasis of Honor, an oasis of honor. I want to read a scripture I was, as we get rolling in Psalm 84, starting in verse 10, it's a real important one. I want to put it on the screen. You can kind of follow along as I read out loud this morning. Uh, Psalm 84, starting in verse 10, it says this, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Come on, better to be in God's house than at a Chiefs game freezing your rear off. I'm just saying it's better. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'm thankful for our door holders here at Faith Church. People opening the door for you, serving you, loving. Can we thank our, our serve teams? Don't they do a great job just rolling out the red carpet for you? I love it. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. It's like an insulation for your life. The Lord bestows favor and honor, everybody say honor. No good thing does God withhold from those whose walk is blameless. In other words, every good thing that can come from God, God wants to come from him into your life. And we're going to talk about how we can position ourselves to receive God's best in our life today. The Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Um, I don't know if it's a, a bad word in your house, but um, it typically is a bad word in my house. And that word is, are you ready for it? Scale. We don't, we, don't, we don't talk about such things in our house. It's been a little while since I've stepped a one. Some of you are like, Pastor, we can tell. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> scales. It, it's an interesting scales have this way of letting you know what something weighs. I, I know you're aware of this. Now, but did you know that in order to determine the value of a diamond, they put it on a scale to measure the weight of its carat? Carat, carat is a, a weight measurement. In order for gold to be calculated to its full value and potential, they have to put it on a, on a scale to weigh it out. I believe that, I happen to believe that the things that have the greatest value in the kingdom of God are sitting next to you today. People are worthy of honor because God values all people. Honor is mentioned 195 times in Scripture in one form or another. And majority of the time, when you see the word honor in Scripture, it goes back to the original language, and it's this word kabod. This word kabod. That word kabod 
means weight. Oftentimes it's translated as honor. Other times that word is translated as glory. Glory. The value or honor is the weight of something's value. Let let me say it this way. When God talks about honor and we give honor away, what he's wanting us to understand is that honor simply recognizes the value of something or someone. Honor recognizes value. In our culture, I think we confuse honor and respect. We think that if somebody treats us wrong, then no longer are they worthy of honor. I disagree. We think that if somebody doesn't believe like we believe, then they're not worthy of our honor. We should. If somebody doesn't have the same color of skin as we have, or they weren't born in America and they want to come into America, if, if we don't like that or agree with that, we just feel like they don't deserve any honor. They are worthless and we ought to just keep them away. We, but we confuse honor with respect. I believe that respect is earned and respect is often forfeited. When people's character don't line up with the message that they proclaim, they often lose respect. Honor isn't determined on their worth. I don't believe somebody should lose their honor. In other words, I don't really believe that we can confuse respect and honor because honor is a gift that God expects us to give away. Why? Because every single person living and breathing, was created and is created bearing the very image of the God that you and I serve. And because they were created in the image of God, that means the value that God places on their life is the same value that God places on your life. It's the Im- they, We all are image bearers reflecting and having a, a fingerprint of God in who we are We all are image bearers of Jesus, and therefore we are all worthy of honor. Honor just simply recognizes value. Doesn't mean you agree. Doesn't mean you you hang out with all the time. There are people that I don't necessarily respect, but I still give them honor. I still give them honor. Why, Why? Because honor just recognizes value. And here's, here's the big idea today. As we talk about being an oasis of honor, here's what I want you to realize. Sermon in one sentence. Are you ready? Here it is. When you give honor away, God pushes his best your way. Honor is a gift that I believe we are to give away. We, we just give it away. We, we give honor away. We give away the recognition of value that somebody has. The value that God places on somebody's life. We give honor away. And when we give honor away, God pushes his best into, excuse me, our lives. It's all that tea I was drinking earlier. Look at Psalms 133. It's only three verses long, but it's an incredible verse. Psalms 133, look at, look at this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, everybody say Unity. 
It is like the precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon, Mount Hermon, falling on Mount Zion, for there, if I say there, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. One, some translations say it is there that God commands his blessing. How many of you would say, Pastor, it's all right with me if God looks at my life and says, I command my blessing to show up in that life? How many of you would be all right with that? If God looks at you and says, man, I'm going to bless them no matter what. Come hell or harwider, they're going to walk in the blessing of God. I'm commanding my blessing to show up in their life. How many of you would be okay with it? I know I would. You want to know how that happens? Honor. What one of the ways we give God permission to push his blessing and his best into our lives is by choosing to be people who are an oasis of honor, no matter the culture and climate that we live in. How good it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. Did, did you know that there are only two ways to have unity? Only two ways to have unity in a marriage. Only two ways to have unity in any one relationship. Only two ways to have unity in a church. In an organization, only two ways to have unity. The only way you have unity on a team, in any relationship, in any dynamic, are you ready? Two ways. You walk in agreement or you walk in submission. When you're walking in agreement, you're going in the same direction. That's unity. But how many of you know in every relationship, there's going to be an opportunity for a disagreement? You come to this crossroad where one wants to go one way and another thinks another way. Now you have a disagreement. The only way to continue to walk the path of unity is for somebody to choose to walk in, watch it, submission. And to change. To choose to just submit. To put preference. To, to, to go along with, to just submission. It's the only way you have unity. And the Bible says where there is unity and the very act of unity, when you're walking in agreement and you're walking in submission to one another, that is an act of honor because you value each other so much that you'd rather walk in unity than to be right. You'd rather walk in unity because you value them so much. You'd rather have, have, have a unity in the relationship than to be proven right and to win an argument. So you're, you're just willing to, to submit. Not make a big deal out of little things. And in that place, where, in any relationship, where there is unity, watch, Psalm says God commands his blessing to show up. Commands it. Like, you have no choice but to understand that God's blessing is going to show up. In that church, on that team, in that classroom, in your marriage, in the business, that's where God's blessing is going to show up. And it's this idea of honor. Some of you are like, I don't know, Pastor. I've, I've been in some places where they talk about honor and like people start controlling and manipulating and they get on power trips and all of a sudden you start talking about like poured out on the head like headship and all of a sudden they were like, I was in a relationship one time with a guy and he just demanded and abusive and it wasn't good. He kept telling me to get in the kitchen and make a sandwich and I was like, no. That's not actually what scripture's talking about. There is a biblical principle of headship which recognizes honor in a position. But headship doesn't mean power struggle. Headship just simply means that there is a stewardship of responsibility and accountability to God because of the role that you're walking in. 
doesn't have to do with your gender, doesn't have to do with uh, um, your race or your age. It has everything to do with when God places you somewhere where there is stewardship that he's given to you. And when God gives you stewardship over people and others around you, then he wants you to know that it is there that he gives you accountability. He requires responsibility. And it's about walking in the right posture, not being the right person in power. Headship is so misunderstood, and it's been abused in the church. It's been abused in families. It's been abused in communities and government, and it is wrong, and it is evil, and it is a distortion of what God intended. See, the proper understanding of authority and headship that God wants to bless, like we read in Psalms 133, has everything to do with taking a posture, recognizing that I get to steward something Because I'm accountable to God for it. Not because I get to manipulate it for my own preference and benefit. When we talk about the power that a king would have, the most godly kings and the kings that God would bless, the leaders that God blesses the most, are those who only use their authority and power to create protection for the people in their care. That's the proper use of it. And so anytime that gets out of balance in a marriage and somebody tries to create power and manipulate and control, you're not walking in a place that God's going to push his blessing to. Anytime you do it in a business or an organization or in a church and there's abuses of those powers, you walk in a place where manipulation are there and that's not where God's presence shows up. But when you choose to walk in submission first to God and then to one another and you recognize that God has put people around you in certain positions and places because honor recognizes value in a person. Honor recognizes value in a position. Honor recognizes value in a place like a church or a home, or, or a community, God, there are places where God honors. Honor recognizes value even in a process. And not everybody's in the same place. That You're all walking through things. And when you can become a person of honor and recognize value and say, oh, this person must be in a process. They're not quite looking like Jesus yet. They're still working out some of their own salvation and their faith and their life. I'm not going to criticize their life. I'm going to choose to be honoring to them because I honor a process that they might be in, that I don't understand or know of. Honor recognizes value in people, in places, in positions, and in processes. And when we walk in honor, when we give honor away, God pushes his best our way. So so let's get real practical. How do we honor in our lives? Who is worthy of honor and and recognizing value in our life? How do we know what that looks like, Pastor? It sounds a lot like you're just saying, like, get along with everybody and deal with it and don't talk, don't be, just just fall in line. It's not what I'm saying at all, but, but let's take a look at what and how we can honor. How can you honor in a way that recognizes value and pushes God's best your way? Because you and I, I believe, want to walk in God's best. Amen? I know I want to walk in God's best. I want to experience his blessing. And when we become an oasis of honor, so so where, where do we start? Here's where we start. Number one is this. Honor God by seeking him first. Honor God by seeking him first. We need to honor God. We need to recognize the value of God. How many of you believe God is worthy of your honor and he's all highly valuable? Amen. I know I do. 
Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 7. It says, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. And he, being God, gives us eternal life. The best life that God has for you is to be able to live in eternity with him. And he pushes it your way when you're willing to recognize that God's ways are more valuable than your personal perceptions and preferences. And when you seek him first, you're demonstrating honor. You're giving honor to the Lord. Honor is a gift that you give even to God. Look at Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first. Everybody say first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. First things first. Help me out if you can finish this uh, phrase. If you're not first, if you're not first, you're not first. Heathens, what movies are you watching? Just kidding. The thought... The theology of Ricky Bobby is alive and well in this house. If you're not first, you're not first. Only one thing can be first. By definition, if something is first, it is first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Why do we take communion on the first Sunday of every month? Because we're going to give honor and recognize the value of what Jesus did at the cross is the most precious and valuable thing. And believing in what Jesus did sets out our behavior from that point on. We, we put him first. We, we seek God first. We honor God by seeking him first. Why, why do we have first Wednesday prayer? It's because we're... We're, we're, we're trying to beg God for stuff, and if we all get together and say the right prayers and do the right chants, then we'll get God to do what we want. Is that why we do it? No. We make a decision that on the first Wednesday of every month, we're going to set aside some extra time to focus our hearts, our passions, and our pursuit in the presence of God, saying, God, we need you to show up. God, we want you to move. God, we're asking for you to do something in our church, do something in our families, do something in our community. We're seeking God first. We're seeking God first. Why? Because we honor the Lord by seeking him first. One, one more verse, Proverbs 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. There is a principle all through Scripture. What you do with the first determines what God does with the rest. Pastor, how do I know it's the first one? Which one leaves your hand first? That's the first one. That's the first one. Is this scripture talking about tithing? Yes, yes it is. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. What you do with the first determines the blessing that you receive on the rest. You don't have to believe me. I'm just telling you, if you want God's best to show up in your life, just honor him first. On, when we get paid, the first thing we do is we get an email on a Monday that says, hey, you've been paid. There's been a deposit made in your check. Hallelujah. The very next email that I get on those Monday mornings, it says, hey, thank you for giving to Faith Church. X amount has now been de uh, deducted from your account. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you, Lord. 
Why? Because I'm honoring the, what's the first one that goes out of my account? That's the first one. Some of you have been honoring Sprint, U.S. Cellular, more than you've been honoring the Lord. You've been honoring Suddenlink, as terrible as that sounds, more than you've been honoring. You've been honoring Sally Mae, Fannie Mae, whatever else, J.P. Morgan, the mortgage. Why you honoring the Lord in those ways, but you're not, you're not honoring the Lord. You're honoring those things. Why? Because those are the first things to leave. Leave your hand. What you do with the first determines what happens with the rest. First things first. Not everything gets to be first. Honor recognizes that the Lord is the most valuable thing in my life. So I'm going to put him first in every area of my life. When you honor the Lord by seeking him first, he pushes his best your way. Here's the second thing. Write this down. Honor authorities by pursuing excellence in your speech and conduct. Honor your authorities. Honor your authorities. Exodus 20 verse 12 says this. Honor your father and mother. Quick show of hands. How many of you have a father or mother? Really is an all-skate participation. (laughs) It should have been all of us. (laughs) Or you've got a really great story to tell. Uh, Honor your father and your mother. Listen to this. So that it can go well with you. And you can live a long life. Honor your authorities. Listen, young people. The attitude that you've been giving your parents is preventing you from living a long life and it going well with you. Just saying. When you recognize the value of that authority... You recognize that value. You recognize that authority by pursuing excellence in your speech and your conduct. Lest us adults forget that God's coming for us in this section too. Romans 13 verse 1 and verse 2 says, So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. Every person must submit and support the authorities over him. That means if you have a boss, you have an authority in your life. If you have a coach, you have an authority in your life. If you have a teacher or a professor, you have an authority in your life. Honor your authorities in your life by pursuing and and doing things with excellence in your speech and in your conduct. In your speech and in your conduct. Excellence is this idea that says, I'm going to bring my best And I'm going to not only meet the expectation the authority has in my life, I'm going to exceed the expectation the authority has in my life. Yesterday, my wife and I, we were here cleaning at the church. And uh, because, bless the Lord, construction creates an ungodly amount of dust in the house of God. And uh, praise God, we're getting close. Come November 17th, we're getting ready for a grand opening. Come on, somebody say, yay, Jesus. We were here just kind of cleaning, kind of making things as best we could uh, today, and there was a trash can in one of the kitchens that was overflowing, and it was dusty everywhere, and I was like, oh, I need to take that trash out. I'm going to take that trash out, wrapped it up, pulled it out, and the Lord says, I thought you had an excellent spirit. I was like, Lord, I'm taking out the trash. I didn't put the trash in here. I'm just taking out the trash, and I'm going to put a bag in. I'm not going to leave it empty. Come on. How many of you know if you're taking out the trash, it's not just removing the trash bag? Come on. 
is putting the new one back in. And if you're not putting the new one back in, you need to repent and ask Jesus to forgive you and turn from your wicked ways and put a new bag back in that trash can. Don't start clapping yet because that's not what the Lord, I, I thought I was doing that. Lord, I'm, I'm being excellent. The Lord says the outside of this trash can is filthy. See, see, excellence isn't just doing what's expected, taking the bag out and putting a new bag back in. Excellence is taking the time to actually clean the trash can itself. Yes, I did clean the trash can itself. In case you were wondering, I don't need to repent this morning. My heart is good before the Lord. What of the people who are in authority over you, what does it look like? If you have a boss and they're asking you to do something, do it to the best of your ability and exceed their expectations. Some of you have been resisting and keeping God's best from your life simply because the only words that come out of your mouth about your authority are negative criticism and complaints. Honor your authorities by pursuing excellence in your speech and your conduct. And when you honor them in that way, I don't care what your, what your parents' decision made. If you don't like it, keep your mouth shut about it. Talk to the Lord about it. Honor the Lord with those things. And when you honor your authorities, God says, I'm going to push my best your way. Some of you, the thing that you need to do is change how you're viewing the authorities in your life, in the community, in the government. Change how you're viewing those things and those people, how you're talking and serving in such a way, and watch God's bless start showing back up in your life. Let's go to the next one. I didn't expect a lot of amens today. It's fine. Here's the next one. Honor others around you by empowering them, not controlling them. Honor the people around you, your neighbors, your coworkers, your fellow classmates. Honor them around you. Whoever is around you, honor them by empowering them, not controlling them. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Honor others more than you honor yourself. In other words, be willing to look at them and say, you matter in this moment more than I matter. I'm willing to give up my preference to serve you. I just saved some of your marriages right there. It, you wake up every day saying, I'm going to outserve my spouse today. I'm going to make the bed before they get up to make the bed. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the bed. I'm going to do the breakfast. I'm going to clean the dishes, and I'm going to clean it without grumbling, complaining, and fussing, and I'm going to do it without them asking me to do it. Watch, 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 watch. Why? Because whatever is in my control, it's going to be an oasis of honor. I can't control everything, but what I do control, what I do contribute, I'm going to make it an oasis of honor. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to serve the people around me. I'm going to empower them, not control them. Friends, can I set you free? You can't control other people anyways. So just serve them instead. Just serve them instead. And watch what God does in the midst. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in humility and humbly with love. Listen, you can help people around you see that they have value when you're willing to serve them. Serving does take sacrifice. It's true. 
we have high standards and high expectations for those who serve on a serve team here at our church. We, we, we continually coach towards the excellence and towards really paying attention to a lot of details. And, and we ask for some commitment. Why? We just happen to believe that if it doesn't cost us something, it's not worthy of God. It's not worthy to bring to God or to God's people if it doesn't actually cost us something. That's what serving is. Making a choice to sacrifice what I, I want to sleep in. I don't want to be there. I'd rather be at home. I'd rather No, somebody woke up today early, had some coffee, put on a blue shirt because they wanted to go love on your kids and serve them and get down on their level and say, you have value. And they're serving their heart out every week. Why? Because they want you to know that you matter. When we serve other people, we help them recognize that they have value. So we serve. We serve. It's what we do. Here, here's the last one today. We already said you got to honor the Lord by seeking Him first. We need to honor our authorities by pursuing excellence in our speech and our conduct. We need to honor others around us by empowering them, not trying to control them. Here's the last one. I say we honor the next generation by encouraging them, not criticizing them. Let's empower the next generation. Let's value them, celebrate them, honor them by encouraging them, not, not criticizing them. Some of you are like, Pastor, I, I'm not really sure that I would be considered an elder person. I mean, I don't have that many gray hairs. Do I really, I mean, you wanna know who the next generation is? Anybody that you look around and you think they might be younger than you, that's your next generation. I'm not going to define that age. I'm not that stupid. I'm not going to insult anybody. If you look around and you see that they might be younger than you, look for a way to encourage them instead of criticize them. I, I, I just think that we ought to be a church and a body that when somebody walks up, and we look at them and we think that they might be in the next generation, we go out of our way to say something encouraging. When you use your words, you can add courage. That's what encouraging means. You can add courage to their life by the way you speak to them versus criticizing them. Friends, here, can, can I give you something? Free sidebar, extra credit, if you will. Much of what we're calling correction actually criticism and there is a difference there's a difference do we need to lovingly correct those that have been entrusted to us yeah absolutely but co godly correction builds up in love sure there are consequences during correction but that's different than criticism how dare you that was the dumbest mistake how could you do that what, what were you thinking that's not correction. It's criticism. And it's not the Spirit of God. If you want to, if we're going to honor the next generation, let's encourage them, not criticize them. You may not understand what TikTok is. I don't either. But I'm still going to encourage them. Still going to love on them. Still going to push them towards God's best in their life. Look at Titus chapter 2. Your duty 
is to teach them to embrace a lifestyle that is consistent with sound doctrine. Lead the male elders into disciplined lives full of dignity and self-control. Urge them to have a solid faith, generous love, and patient endurance. Men, that's you and me. That's the encouragement. He goes on to say, likewise, with the female elders, lead them into lives free from gossip and drunkenness and to be teachers of beautiful things. Apparently, the church in Ephesus had their own desperate housewives of Ephesus going on, sitting around drinking and gossiping too much. He says, no, encourage the elder ladies to, to not act. You can enable them to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled and pure, taking care of a household, being devoted to their husbands. And by doing these things, the word of God can't be discredited. Likewise, guide the younger men into living disciplined lives for Christ. Above all, set apart as a model of a life nobly lived with dignity. Demonstrate integrity in all that you teach. That's what it looks like to encourage the next generation. Not criticize them. Let's encourage them. Every kid that walks through our doors, I want to see like 20 adults go by them as they walk by. Hi, how are you? Get on their level. Look them in the eyes. Add value to their life. Why? Because honor just recognizes the value. My question to you today is this. Which, which one of these four has the Holy Spirit been working on you saying, hey, it's time to start honoring again in this area. Maybe it's honoring the Lord by seeking Him first. Maybe it's honoring your authorities by conducting yourself and your speech with some excellence behind it. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been saying, hey, listen, you need to honor the people around you and start to serve them instead of demand from them, instead of trying to control them, serve them, add value to them. Maybe it's about honoring the next generation, encouraging the young ones, adding value to their life instead of criticizing it all. Which one of these is God speaking to you today? I, I, I want us to be a church that goes on a mission to annihilate misplaced value that people have in their life. If you look up and down your rows, you would see people who struggle to see the value that they have. Many people in our church and in our community have misplaced their value. And they've misplaced the value that they give. They put it in the wrong place. I see we go on a mission to be so honoring, to be people with such, as such an oasis of honor that it annihilates the very idea that somebody else doesn't have value. I say that's the kind of church we go to be. And when you and I make a decision, when you and I give honor away to the Lord, when we give honor away to our authorities, when we give honor away to our coworkers and those around us, when we give honor away to those uh, younger than us, when we give honor away, God's best gets pushed into our lives. And God pushes his best our way. Let's 
be that oasis of love and walk in God's best in our lives. We bow your heads as we pray. Father, I thank you today that you're speaking to us. Holy Spirit, here in this moment as we quiet ourselves, I pray, Lord, you would speak to every person in this room and in the sound of my voice. Lord, if there's an area where they have not been showing honor, maybe it's to you, maybe it's to authorities, maybe it's coworkers, people around them, or maybe it's the younger generation. God, would you reveal that to our hearts right now? And would we be able to make a commitment today and say, God, I'm going to work on that this week. I'm going to intentionally give honor away in that area. May that be our commitment today. And in the process, God, as we give honor away, we know you're going to push your best our way. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.